I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora everyone. Welcome to Culture Vulture. And we're going to hit you like instantly with the saga that's just unfolded to get us here because Laura I was I was gonna get on the mic and say I have an update to alarm gate for you like everything was fine I've had word that it's fixed and it's gonna be all good so I was feeling really confident fake news everyone fake news if I can get here and my goddamn key card thing electronic key card on my phone won't let me in because it's disabled all my bluetooth permissions i turn them all back on still doesn't work i'm just sitting outside messaging laura like we're gonna have to call it we're gonna have to call it a day this podcast was almost over to be before it even began (laughs) and laura has all this research and i was honestly i was about to say i think you're gonna have to do a monopod like on your own that i cannot tell you how much (laughs) that is my worst nightmare like i this this is borderline for me like this is cusp so me getting on the pod but it's talking to myself is to carry energy and i'm not into it like (laughs) honestly that was also i just want to tell everyone that normally we've got what 20 minutes of chat prior before jumping on the mic today we're coming in hot and fresh and (laughs) we already know we are on a time limit and then i've fucked around wasting 10 minutes of it not being able to get in I, I honestly I'm like at my wits end with the studio it's not the studio's fault but every day like I even had to enter the alarm twice uh-huh. it came out with trouble again I was like I'm actually going to be sick like I'm going to be sick you need to move Liz to the UK studio the UK studio is amazing you know what you know what it's this is just pushing me to move over to your side of the world I think well there's room for you at my dining table so We've only got one other chair, so. <laughs> well, there's not at the moment because Stanley Tucci's lights, grandma's there or auntie's there? Stanley Tucci's lights, auntie is staying with us and my flat in London, no one's seen it, so they wouldn't know, but it is very small <laughs> and you can hear just about everything. So when I'm recording these, Stanley Tucci light is lying on the bed in the room next door under strict instructions to not breathe. So. <laughs> <laughs> not like heavy breath like I was not the mic. Like- so we're on a tight schedule today because they're at they're at a dinner giving me the peace and quiet that I need to record this and it's gonna be 10 p.m. by the time they come home on a Tuesday. I know. Okay, very quickly, everyone, we teased it last week, but we're gonna be talking about therapy speak this week, which I'm very excited to talk about because feels something that's very up our alley. It to like definitely, definitely does. I said for people who love to talk about how they're an Enneagram three that's anxiously attached and has unbearable feelings, this is the perfect pod for us. <laughs> this is the perfect pod. <laughs> No, truly, it is perfect. We were going to do it last week. We already had a great ep for you, so we didn't do it last week. 
Um, but first, Laura, what the hell describes your week? My week this week, Luce, is summed up in one word, my favourite word, you might have guessed it, community. <laughs> Not Stanley oh Tucci. God, it was be food. Oh, food. <laughs> I was about to Food. Food. <laughs> Up my week, food. My Good. favorite word is my beautiful word. I'm sorry, everyone, that we normally get through this before we come on the pod. Yes, yes. you're getting our live. You are getting our live thoughts. So my word this week is food. No, it's not. It's community. Loose. Three. No. I'm sorry. Oh, Ruby, cut that out of me. Sorry. No, yuck. Yeah, we, we usually don't get this out before the pod. So your your word this week? My word this week is community. And for those of you who read the newsletter, which hopefully is everyone here, um, I struggled to find community when I first got here. Although in hindsight, I struggled for like six weeks and I saw that as a big struggle. But in reality, we got yes. there. Um, still getting there, very big city. But this week was just one of those weeks where I feel like, Again, chief of romanticizing everything, but we have become friends with the fishmonger down the road and they have a dog. Have I talked about this before? <laughs> have I told you? I don't think okay, so. Okay, good. I don't think so. So they have a little dog and we went to the fishmongers and they've just opened in the neighborhood. So we kind of went down to say welcome to the neighborhood because we're obviously the, you know, very important people in the neighborhood having been here for two minutes. Um, but we went to say, welcome, me, I love food. <laughs> so I was like, love food, would love some fish. And they had this little dog. And I was like, your dog's so cute. Does he get lonely here? And they were like, oh, well, you know what? Actually, he kind of does, which is not what I was expecting. Anyway, we've now ended up in an arrangement where I look after their dog every Friday. <laughs> well, Wait, do you work from home on Fridays? Yeah, Fridays I work from home. <laughs> and so I get to take Frank, Aww. my little Frank, and he come, I go and pick him up and he comes with me home and works from home, t- comes for coffee with me and artists sometimes. Oh. And it's just the cutest thing in the world. And I thought if I could tell little Laura that from August, yeah. that she's going to find a friend and they're going to, you know, not think I'm a sociopath and give me their dog, it's- which maybe they should have thought about a little bit more. But no, like, <laughs> honestly, I'm basically a dog and I trust you with my life. So <laughs> you, and you- she's a dog with a blog, everyone. <laughs> You have a dog with a blog and you look after me every, what is it for you? Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning. Every I get Tuesday. shipped off from Ruby to you for a little bit of therapy to make me be able to do my job. She's oh, my God. She's a dog with a blog. Luz, what describes your week? Please don't tell me it's food. Full disclosure, was planning on getting into the studio and having like a nice little time to tinker with my script. So I really don't have anything except for some thoughts on therapy speak that I wrote last week for you. But it has to be um, like a bit of a come down because I saw the 1975 twice last week and I'm feeling like I haven't had like, you know, post-concert depression since Harry's so – no, since um, One Direction when I was like 15. And this it was just that good that like you can read all about it. I wrote like in very – in a lot of detail I wrote about it and I put it all over TikTok and fucking – Hundreds of thousands of you have seen it by now. But it was just like the Wellington show. Maddie Healy just did the most. I don't know. It was a very, like, rare. They played songs they don't usually play. They, like, came into the fucking crowd. I don't know. It was just amazing. And it really made me, like, love. Because I'd been to so many concerts lately. I think that I was just, like, a bit concerted out. Fucking 
look at my privilege. But then I like just loved it all over again and I loved being in the crowd. I loved being in the mosh for like the first time in ages and it was just the bomb. So coming down off that a little bit but feeling hashtag blessed. I can't believe he came into the crowd. I was talking to a girl at work about it and she was like, how did she get so close to him? Like, well, okay, full disclosure again, that was a Siska bestie that I was sort of messaging while I was there. She was the one that got so close. I was like halfway out the door because oh. I was like, they never do encores, like blah, blah, blah. And then Maddie's like, I'm making a film. If you got, uh, this is what you get for being like a really peaceful and nice crowd. Like, I'm going to come in and you're just going to give <gasps> me some room. And then so we stayed, obviously, and he just stood in the middle. And then the crowd actually interrupted him and sung Tutu to my Iwi. And at the start, he was like, what the fuck? But then he was like, oh, like, he, I think he realized that it was actually cute. But yeah, Aww. the crowd was just real nice and like not aggressive. And I think he was like, this is the place for me to just part you and come into the crowd. But insane. But we've talked about this before. And I've said this before. Definitely. New Zealand crowds are like that. Like we are, we're a great place for celebs. Yeah. I tell you, like, I think because it's so, A, we don't have like any paparazzi really to speak of. Yeah. Like, and B, I think people are so, like, grateful yes. that people come to the other side of the world yep. to visit us. That when, like, if you want to walk around, I mean, the number of times I've seen, like, every single traveling musician or actor in Ponsonby Central. Yeah. Like, and everyone's just kind of, you know, very quietly looking at them. But no one, rarely would you get harassed, yes. right? And, and it's, rarely. that's what is really interesting as well is because I was in Wellington, like, for the concert and also I was just working so I was on the main street of Wellington right and the whole day I was walking up Mm. and down the main street like going to my hotel or whatever and I was thinking like I could very honestly bump into them at any point today and because it's so small but then I got to the airport and the security guy saw me in my merch and was like did you go to the concert? I was like, yeah, it was fucking great. And he was like, Maddie Healy was here one hour ago, like going through. And I was like, I are you fucking kidding that. me? Like that would have been not only the best thing ever for me, it would have been great for like everyone in the community that loves the 1975, like the fact that I, of all people, happened to bump into him, but I didn't. And then I thought I saw him and I got too scared anyway when I just thought I saw him. I was like, okay, I'd never go up to you oh! ever. So probably lucky that I did. But it is the kind of place where literally you can most likely bump in. Like, it's you've probably got your best chance, I would say, in Auckland or Wellington of bumping into a musician. I mean, literally having been the person walking around with them. Very, I mean, everyone is just normally so relaxed when they come to New mm. Zealand anyway. So fans out there, you're lucky. Yeah. New Zealand fans. They also just weren't spotted. I think they must have stayed in their hotel rooms the entire trip to New Zealand. They, like, were not spotted once by anyone anywhere, and then they jetted off to Japan, like, straight after. They sort of did what Harry Styles did. He, like, flew in, didn't see anything, didn't do anything, and then just, like, jetted off. And then flew back out again. Yeah. And now, everyone, I'm really quickly going to do a naughty or nice because, really, we don't have that much time, and I – only want to hear from Laura on Therapy Speak. So it's a follow-up to last week's when we spoke about Frank Ocean and then basically the day, this always happens, the day our podcast went live, um, he cancelled his week two of uh, Coachella. I saw. And so basically what? He cited ankle injuries and said his doctor had told him to cancel it me asking you the story i think so and he 
Yeah. Um, here, I saw something about an ankle thing, but I saw at the end of the article, whatever, he'd actually put out a statement, right? So this had come from him. And what did he say? He said, it was chaotic. In a statement provided by an Ocean representative, Ocean said, it was chaotic. There is some beauty in the chaos. It isn't what I intended to show, but I did enjoy being out there and I'll see you soon. Mm, interesting. But then I will say... It was sort of made up for by the fact that they brought Zendaya, that Labyrinth brought out Zendaya at weekend two. Oh. And I, she has come out and said that the crowd was so loud that she couldn't hear herself and she couldn't hear, like, what was going on. Because in the, in the recordings, you can't really hear her and she sounds nervous. She sounds, like, fine, but she sounds nervous. But I think the hype that she was there just, it sent the crowd, like, I've never seen that before. Spinning. No. Spinning. Um, I uploaded a video of it as soon as it happened to TikTok. It's now got like 12 million views. Like people are obsessed. Like people, Zendaya and Coachella are like the two most buzz, buzz, buzz words. Like yeah. TikTok algorithm friendly, obviously. And yeah, she sounded so nervous, but she like looked really cool. And good on her for doing that because that's the hugest crowd in the world. Or like... That is amazing. Oh, my God. The other thing I've just been seeing everywhere is Boy Genius and Muna. Oh, my God. I know. Same. I'm in love love with them. Yeah. No notes. Really? No notes. Uh, No notes unless Haim, Muna, and Boy Genius got together, then I would probably pass out. Yeah, okay. Oh, is it naughty or nice? Uh, It's a bit naughty, I think, of Frank to... Unless he's unless he's hurt his ankle, truly. And very nice of Zendaya. So you know what? I'm giving it a nice. Yeah. Okay, you're giving it a nice and I'm giving it a naughty. And that's on belt. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Balance. Now, <laughs> speaking of balance, talk to me about therapy speak. <laughs> Oh, okay, everyone, it's going to be a speed, a speedy run through therapy speak today. But I do feel we said we were going to talk about this last week. And then we talked about something else last week. Imposter syndrome imposter last syndrome. week. <laughs> imposter, it's all blurring into one. We talked about yeah. imposter syndrome last week. But I don't know, I might have been late to the bandwagon. But I feel like I saw a lot of articles flying around about this. There was a Basel article, there was a New York Times article. And it's something that I feel like has kind of been out there in the ether for a little while now. So it felt like something that me and Lou should talk about, A, because we use therapy speak quite a lot around here. Mm -hmm. But I also think particularly you, Lou, in the news that are very good at kind of when something does kind of start to get used on a mass level, you critique it as well. And you kind of ask, why are we doing this? And so this felt like a really nice thing for us to discuss because... You know, we've talked about things like attachment theory before on here. Um, we talk, I talked a little bit about cognitive behavioral therapy last week, and we kind of are starting to use some terms, but equally you're seeing a lot of terms kind of misused as well. So I think it's a really interesting thing. I'm going to read you a little bit from the New York Times article, which I think is a nice intro to everything. 
It says, first, let's survey the situation. It's as though the haze of our inner lives were being filtered through a screen of therapy worksheets. If we're especially online or roaming the worlds of friendship, wellness, activism, or romance, all things we're doing on this blog, blog, podcast, we must, (laughs) dog with a blog, we must consider when we are centering ourselves or setting boundaries, sitting with our discomfort or being present. We just want to name a dynamic. We joke about coping mechanisms, codependent relationships, avoidant attachment styles. We practice self-care. We shun toxic acquaintances, acquaintances. We project, we are triggered. We say Riley, adding that we dislike the word. We catastrophize, ruminate, press on the wound process. We feel seen, we feel heard, we feel unseen, we feel unheard. We feel heard, but not listened to, not actively. Uh, We diagnose and receive diagnoses, OCD, ADHD, our emotional labor is grinding us down, we're doing the work, we need to do the work. A mouthful to get through, first of all. (laughs) And I will say that, I know you've been saying the New York Times, but I'm pretty sure that's from the New Yorker article that like kicked this all off, or did they quote it? No, that's that's probably, it is the New Yorker. New Yorker, which is fine. Just it's only because I um, have that on my notes as well. Because I was like, that is the quote that I used in the newsletter because it fucking summed it up so well. Like the way that we're always, the way that we're using it to like joke, saying like, oh, like that makes me triggered, and then being like, I hate that word, but also I don't have another word to explain why I'm like angry or feeling this way. So I, I thought that was a great. It's such it's such a good quote, and I think the thing there's lots of things I want to talk about today. But one of the things I wanted to kick this off with, Lewis, is something that we've talked about quite a lot, and it's this thing about we diagnose and receive diagnoses. And I feel like you've talked a bit about this before, how people will kind of send you a diagnosis sometimes after you've like written something. Always, I the other day got and and this is no never any hate to this person because it doesn't offend me, and I it's okay. Um, But the other day I got asked to be on a podcast about successful neurodivergent women and they had never asked if I was neurodivergent, if I'd been diagnosed with anything. It was just this big spiel about how I was such a, like, trailblazer and I do it all with, you know, this thing that I have to also manage. And and I have never been diagnosed. I've never, like, sure, like therapy speak, I have mad tendencies for a lot of things. And I understand, I get a lot of people um, that write back to the newsletter and say they have ADHD and the way that I write speaks to them in a way that they haven't seen before. Mm. So that makes sense for people being like, well, maybe. Which is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Or I have people asking, I sometimes have people just saying, Loose, um, like I have family members that remind me of you, like are you autistic? Things like that, which is obviously a reach if you didn't have the community, if you didn't have the community that we have. Like I truly find it fine. Like it doesn't hurt yes. me, it doesn't offend me. Um, and to be honest, could be true. A th- few of these things definitely could be fucking true, but it doesn't um, – it, it's just a really weird thing that we now have where people don't even really know us, but we put a lot out into the world and then they can feel equipped to diagnose us. Same with TikTok, you know? Like, well, this is the thing, I think, and this is what this whole, uh, like, article subject is kind of talking about is this, like, how all of these words and rhetoric has kind of entered into our, like, common vernacular. So we're saying these things all the time. And one of the things that I've talked about before around like personality tests and the Enneagram and things like that, you know, they can be kind of the shortcut to intimacy. So instead of telling someone like how you are feeling or like describing 
I don't know. You'd never go on a date and describe your personality, probably, but on a dating profile, you'd put, I'm an INFJ. Like there's these shortcuts and people who are kind of common with the rhetoric will understand exactly what that means. And all of a sudden it's like the shortcut to your person, which I think can be helpful when others subscribe to the same beliefs or values or whatever, or rhetoric, but when they don't, it can... I don't know, raise some issues, which I guess is what this topic is kind of talking about. Yeah, I feel like it can, if you don't um, feel on the same page about using terms like this and you both fully understand them, it can feel a bit like star signs. Like if you say I'm a INTP and people feel very strongly about, you know, you're either a star sign person or you're not. And so it can sort of be an off put. But I feel like f- for me, not that you've asked, but I'm interested for your take on this as well. Like, we love putting names to things that we can't really otherwise name. And I I know there's a lot of talk that we're probably going to get into about therapy speak making us selfish. And I just don't really buy that as, like, an overarching – as the overarching take for therapy speak. And it's been the take that I've been seeing a lot. But I think Interesting. if you're talking to the right person – that understands you. It can be like I wrote in the newsletter about how I'd spoken to Belle and she had said to me, like, she truly doesn't have any space to take on this one thing. And I was like, well, I do. And instead of her having to lay out her whole, everything that was going on in her life, which to be clear, we're close enough that she has, she just didn't have to redo that. We sort of could understand each other and I could do the thing and she could not or vice versa. Whereas for people saying that it's making you selfish, I think People that are already selfish might do that. There are bad people. There are people in the world that are self-centered and selfish. That's fine. Um, They might use it as a weapon, but that's going to happen with basically anything, I think. Selfish people are going to do that. What's your take? I think that's a really interesting take, and I think I do, for the most part, actually agree with it. There was an amazing essay that I read by Rachel Connolly, and she summed it up quite nicely, which... I am going to read because I feel like she's far more eloquent than I am. She says, ultimately, I didn't find the neat declarative therapy speak has made us selfish thesis particularly convincing. I tend to find what I think of as grand unified theory of the universe pieces, which makes these huge claims about what every woman or millennial or other vaguely demographically bonded group is doing and why it can be explained with a fairly niche trend quite dubious. My view is that the stuff never stacks up so neatly or feels true to life when you actually sit and think about the people you know and how they act. Which I think is very similar to what you just said. And I think she gives this really great example of how one of her friends who works in an industry got cancelled. And since then, they've been uncancelled. Um, is that a word? Uncancelled? Yeah. yeah. Um, horrible one. But hor- it's like terrible one. Like, yeah, I hate that word, but let me use it. <laughs> <laughs> but she said so they were cancelled, uncancelled. And then they were showing her kind of the messages that they received from friends at the time that they were cancelled. And these friends basically in their messages said they didn't want to associate with this person anymore. But And none of the people knew each other. But all the messages that they'd sent to this person were unbelievably similar. Like to the point where they were like, have they gone and found a template of what to send to your friend when you no longer want to associate with them. And, you know, she says she Googled it and she looked it up and she couldn't find like a pre-existing template. But what it raised for her is like, why would someone want to send this kind of generic message, not a personalized one? And I think what you're talking about with therapy speakers for someone like you and Belle, where you have a really close friendship, there's a mutual reciprocation there. We've talked about friendships before you're both getting something out of that situation 
you can understand when she says she has no capacity. She's not using something generic. You're just like, I get the lingo. I'm with you. Whereas if someone doesn't have the time to go maybe personalize something with a friendship that's not that close or not that existing, it can feel like these articles are talking about HR speak, very generic, very cold. Yeah, I th- if you not if you don't understand the other person how they think, which takes a quite a already good level of friendship, you shouldn't just be like going out for coffee with someone one time and then being like, "Sorry, like I cannot hold space for you. Like I'm at capacity with friendships. Like you should you do owe them. Like or you either I don't know what you owe them. Go and listen to our breakup podcast on ghosting to know where the line is. But like um, HR speak. In the wrong circum, like HR speak does make me a bit like sick to use on friends. So I'm a massive hypocrite, but <laughs> no, you're just complex. You contain multitudes, and that's more <laughs> therapy speak for you. Yeah. But one of the bits that I did want to touch on from the Bustle article, which I think we've actually talked about already, is this idea of boundaries. And so the video that I think went viral on TikTok was outlining how to break up with a friend and kind of telling mm. you how you could do that. And like saying things like I'm at capacity or I, you know, can't be there anymore that sound like these kind of HR lines that you would receive. And there's a few things around this that I want to discuss, but one is that like, I do think we have to ask ourselves, why did that go viral in the first place? Like, why is that touching on a need that so many people seem to have? Because everyone is scared of confrontation, I reckon. Whereas I'm not. So when I see shit like that. As an Enneagram 8, everyone. (laughs) She thrives. When I see shit like that, I am like, I understand the need for it, but I can't relate to the need for it. So it's something that I would swipe past um, immediately. But what do you think? Well, for me, I am so desperate to retain friendships and... (laughs) love people and be loved yeah <laughs> I can't yes, ever thinking yes. about breaking up with a friend so I too would swipe past it <laughs> we're from two di- this is why Laura and I work because we're actually from two totally different sides of everything but we have the same reaction I would both swipe past it but for very different reasons I also think there is if I'm going to be completely honest like probably, and this is more therapy speak, it could be like a little bit of narcissism in terms of I have never really had to break up a friendship because, and I also don't put that much effort sometimes into friendships because I know that I'm just always going to be friends with this person. Maybe it's not narcissism, maybe it's just like content, I'm just not always going to be friends with them, but I don't feel the need to like go either way, like really, really communicate with them all the time or to break up with them. Mm, I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's been one of the responses to this is that like, basically the idea with like, if you take the idea of something like boundaries, right. In a therapy setting, a lot of the time, and again, they go into this in the bustle article. So these are more their words than my words. But when they talk about boundaries in therapy, it's not really as extreme as like, there is now a boundary. I'm ending the friendship. You're cut. Um, you're dead to me. Of course, there are situations where like it's unsafe to be with someone or, you know, there's so many things. But when we talk about boundaries in the general sense, it's normally going to be more around like interrelationality and like finding out how you can preserve yourself while also possibly showing up for someone because the idea of a friendship is that you are still there for them when they need you and you're there for them 
when you need them. And I think what would be far more healthy mm-hmm. is reviewing a friendship and thinking like, okay, has this person genuinely never showed up for me or never been able to hold yes. my space? Oh my gosh, more therapy speak. We need a buzzer, but never been able to <laughs> I know. show up for my needs or be there for me ever. You know, is it always leaning towards them? Yeah. In which case, possibly we do need to put up a boundary, but I think a step-by-step process of, you know, this is how you end the friendship because yes. you don't have capacity for them right now is not healthy in the long run because we do need connection and friendship. And I do think there's, like, not a hard and fast rule when it comes to friendship. I mean, go and listen to our friendship episode to learn about the rules that I've just said there aren't any of. Um, but I do think, like, you get certain things from certain people and you don't just need – you don't need to have friends that are all there for you in a total crisis. You can have friends that you just – love going to the bookstore with or friends that you just like love talking about reality TV with. And I think as soon as you realize that not everyone has to tick every single fucking box for you, it'll make both your lives easier because there is a very like, um, especially with female friendships, which are so gorgeous and necessary, there is a very romantic side where it's like you have to be best friends, want to spend every waking minute together, but there are just certain friends that you like for certain things, and that's so fine. You don't need to cut them off because they don't tick all your boxes. Maybe. And there's also different seasons for different friendships, I think. Like, I was talking on the phone the other night to, like, one of my best friends, Abby. Shout out, Abby. We were talking about, like, when we first met and, like, kind of just living in each other's pockets and you were, like, in each other's flats and, like, sharing beds and, you know, do- doing everything together and kind of you had this shared life because it the people that we were with at the time, everyone was in a very similar life stage, doing very similar things. And now, you know, it's only been probably what, six years since we met, but everyone's doing completely different things. Some people, some people are married, me, Um, some people, some people, (laughs) and they suck. (laughs) Some people are married. Some people, spoiler, Um, and they have no time for their friends. We're at capacity. (laughs) But some people are having babies, like moved overseas, doing like full on creative projects, whatever, like, and everyone's still Mm -hmm. friends and I love them just as much as I did. And we're just as close, but our friendship is no longer me sharing a bed with her. It's like me calling her, you know, when I can or when she can. And that doesn't mean... Because what is it? Friends for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And it's like all of those are fine. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt? What are we... (laughs) It's giving this way to the beach. (laughs) Ruby's boyfriend's mum said that to me when Ruby was moving um, away to Sydney. I was in the car with her and Ruby was in the car with her boyfriend's dad and I was talking to Susie about how much I'll miss Ruby and then Ruby's going to hate, Ruby's going to vom listening to this. Um, And Susie just turned to me and said, Lucy, there's friends for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, and you and Ruby are a lifetime, or something like that. And I was just like, I know, Susie, but don't do this to me right now. Susie, I actually can't feel this till after the fact. (laughs) Ruby messaged me during the friendship episode, or after she'd edited it, being like, that was so sappy, but so good, or something like that. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, I forget that you have to listen. You, the person I cannot hug. (laughs) Anyway, so there's friends for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, and it's okay to have some for just a season, some for just, you know, the reason you need them. But be careful when you cut them off. If they're just friends for a reason, don't don't tell them. them. And I think as well, like, obviously, 
yeah, negotiating boundaries can also make a friendship grow and blossom as well. Like saying to someone, you know, I, I think words like at capacity, you know, from this article, obviously they come up quite a lot. And if it's someone you're not that close with can be quite harmful, but equally you should be able to say like, I'm snowed under at work at the moment. Can we have a breather here? Or I have too many friends right now. I need to cut you out. <laughs> no, do not say that. Still think about other people's feelings. Please. There's two more things that I want to go through. And one of them is the kind of error in using these terms incorrectly. And I think... Again, this is another great quote from the article, but they say, you know, I want to be clear, there's no reason why people who are not professional psychologists should be expected to use these terms correctly, which is true. But equally, that means there's a lot of inaccuracy. And I think, for instance, those people messaging you telling that you have your neurodivergent or whatever, or I think one that comes up a lot that I've seen come up a lot, at least, is like people saying, I'm so OCD, which I've seen a lot. And we actually did a great article, which I will link in the show notes when I was at Vice on this, around like what it actually is like to live with OCD and kind of the harm that can be caused when people use terms like that kind of colloquially. Similarly, Ribs and I did a whole episode on gaslighting when we were maybe a few years ago about how we made a pact to stop using it incorrectly as a joke because it was like not good for the world. Have not been able to stick to that pact because it's a word that just gets thrown around so commonly but yeah well I think this is the thing it's you can say that you're going to try do it and try because being on the receiving end of that kind of language if you are suffering from something like that can be quite destabilizing but equally Mm. I mean there's so many words that are thrown around constantly like toxic narcissist like all these things and it's like the definition of a narcissist is actually pretty hectic and like quite intense me using it earlier in the podcast (laughs) me saying maybe this is narcissistic (laughs) no but that as a verb exactly is still Okay, us English teachers right here. <laughs> that is a verb. It's a, it's a doing word. <laughs> yeah, that is a doing word. Yeah, it was hard for me to even, I had to go in, noun, naming word, doing, anyway. No, okay, wait, there's, okay, one more thing I think I do really want to touch on because it is very important and this is on class performance. So this kind of use of therapy speak can also become a class performance. In the United States, mm. basic mental health care remains a luxury item. This is from the article. Um, there's a reason why the most fluent speakers of the trend tend to be wealthy and white. This also may explain some of the irritation that therapy speak occasionally provokes. The words suggest a sort of woke posturing, a theatrical deference to norms of kindness. They also show how the language of suffering often finds its way into the mouths of those who suffer least. And I feel like that is a very, very important part to bring to this pod as well that I just wanted to end on because I think that is incredibly true oh I think I have no notes on that and it's probably why we feel or everyone feels so fucking cringe about the overuse of therapy speech therapy speak because it is just used by these not by these people but by people that can afford it who like you said are usually wealthy and white and are usually people that take things and ruin them or appropriate them or, you know, use them until they have no meaningful meanings anymore. And so I think it's relevance or meaning. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think, yeah, one, I would like to end this on kind of, there's obviously, you know, there's a lot of this floating around at the moment. I think what you talked about Luce as well, that it doesn't necessarily mean you're selfish is a very good point because I think that, a lot of this shows that people in general have a need to 
find connection with each other and they're looking for ways in which they can describe things and communicate with people and that is hopefully a good thing Mm -hmm. so I think it will be interesting to see what this is the landscape of this is like in maybe six months time which I think we say every single time but I am intrigued so am I because I really don't feel like it's it's not that easy to take words out of like our vocab so they might be here to stay true maybe used in a better way or less. Um, Laura, what is on your radar this week? All right. I've got two things on my radar. One of them loose, which I was going to ask you about off mic. I finished jury duty. Yes. And I noticed that you've been messaging someone. Yes. I'm trying to get – okay. And we were gonna, I was going to talk to you about this off mic as well. I'm trying to get an interview with Ron Um And I do think it's going to be hard enough to time it with me and him that if you want to zoom in at an incredibly fucked up hour, I don't know when it's going to be yet. Um, You're more than welcome to. But again, he I don't know if it will even come to fruition. Um, And he's a busy man and his followers are like going up like as I'm fucking. I will wake up at. 3 a.m. for that man, the sweetest man. <laughs> He's the, the sweetest, sweetest man. man. No, he is actually the sweetest man. Um, so everyone, it could be a Lucy interviewing Ron. It could be Lucy and Laura, but it seems like it's going to be hard to admin. So it might just be Ron. <laughs> we will try. It could just be Ron talking to, or it could just be Laura and Ron. Maybe that works better. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> um, finally, Lucy's gone from all of this. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Jury dude, I fucking loved it, and I just think he's the sweetest, most kind. When he played Bugs Life for the God, that clip for me. No, we can't go into it. So that that is on my radar. Um, Also, talked about this a little bit last week. I went and saw a food writer, food food writer, um, chef, live Alison Roman, who I love, and her book, Sweet Enough, the dessert book, is out now. And I famously have said I hate baking, but she might turn me around. So stay oh. tuned for shit you should cook about. I love shit you should bake about. No, it doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it, does it? Nope. Lose what's on your radar. I haven't written anything down for on my radar, but then as we were talking about therapy speak, I realised that like the past three shows that – Movies or shows that I've watched, except for Jury, Jury, Judy, Jury, Judy, Jury, Duty, um, have been really fucking depressing. So I'm sort of like, what is in the air at the moment? So Beef, I don't know if you guys, if you've heard of Beef on Netflix right now. I've seen it, but I haven't watched it. It's just, I don't know, very depressing, very like stressful. I, everyone loves it. It's like great acting and stuff. Um, and, but I think there's some controversy around one of the actors joking about sexual assault. It's just kind of stressful and depresso. So I don't know. It's not for me, but it's for a lot of people. Also, I watched The Whale, which we've talked about. I fucking cried the whole time. It's like so sad. So sometimes I do that because I need to force crying because I can't do it on my own. So if you're in that position, Laura, don't say a word on that. Um, and then also <laughs> um, a good person. The new Florence Pugh movie um, oh. also with Megan, Morgan Freeman. Megan. It's really depressing, so seriously don't watch that either. Lucy, just, so just whole... watch Ted Lasso. Uh, the, it's I clear know, what you need. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso and Succession are sprinkled in there, but they're like – one tiny glimpse in between whole series and whole movies of depressing things. But, like, it's a really good movie, a good person, but just don't watch it if you're fragile or you don't want to feel 
sad. Well, on that note, everyone. On that note, you should listen to Culture Vulture if you don't want to feel sad. All of our old episodes, um, specifically the friendship one, oh. our breakup episodes are really good, but they're probably no, they won't make you feel sad. They make you feel good. The, the Enneagram and was pure chaos, so I would definitely go there for a yeah. laugh. Definitely go there. Oh, my God. The Enneagram was like we can't even count from one to eight. No, we that was went... one to nine, actually. Would you know? One but Luz nine. just ended it on her number because. <laughs> <laughs> she's a narcissist. Because <laughs> she's a narcissist. No, because God. nines are really well balanced, so they do not exist in my oh, world. Okay, well, on that note, everyone. Also, this what the this week shit you should cook about is. Uh, I was going to plug it at the start, loose, but I forgot my probably most iconic recipe apart from the focaccia. So stay tuned, everyone. Oh my god! Okay, I really can't wait. I really cannot wait. And seriously, the amount of people that we get sending in that they've cooked these things is still incredible. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. And I'm having a dinner party this weekend where I'm going to cook a lot. So, again, stay tuned. Maybe okay. I'll make it real. Yeah, this, Maybe I'll send loose some packs. Is this where you get into your real era? It's been your fake era for too oh. long. <laughs> it has been my fake era. Maybe maybe we'll start. Maybe we won't. Stay tuned, everyone. And on that note. And on that note, we're going to set some boundaries and end the podcast here. Because <laughs> we're both at absolute capacity. capacity. Bye, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.